Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Expanding Purpose podcast, the show where I interview people with a business or an idea that feels completely in alignment with their unique sense of purpose. In previous episodes, I've interviewed CBD entrepreneurs, heart-centered therapists, and ecosystem defenders about their chosen passion and what keeps them going while they try and make the world a better place. I do this because we live in a time where we need solutions. We need to stay positive while dealing with the darkness and the problems in our world. So when we're ready and we can, it's time to step up and contribute to the positive shift our planet needs however we can. It's kind of hard to do that on top of everything else we have to do in life, right? You know, like surviving a pandemic and bringing in an income and looking after ourselves and the people who depend on us. It's all a bit exhausting sometimes. So what's the opposite of exhaustion? Energy. And for me, that comes from inspiration. I consume inspiration to stay motivated on a regular basis. As part of my own growth journey, I wanted to create content that would inspire others, I hope, by serving up passionate, excited conversations with the incredible people in my network about the things they're building that are contributing to a new and beautiful shift for our planet. So listen, whatever it is that you're up to out there, just remember that everything truly does make a difference. The tiniest of actions that we make have ripple effects. And that all comes down to our perspective and the things we choose to prioritize and how we spend our time. So if you have chosen to spend some of that time by listening to this podcast, then I'm so grateful to you. And I really cannot wait to share this episode that I've got for you today. I am interviewing Gaia Harvey Jackson. Gaia is a facilitator of women's empowerment, ecstatic dance and authentic connection. I met Gaia through going to an incredible workshop that she hosted at the Psychedelic Society in Homerton. It was a really wild and transformative day. Being expressive and moving around and being incredibly vulnerable with other women in this space. It was something that really changed me and really benefited me. And um, that's just one of the offerings of Gaia's that I've experienced over the years. She brings so much silliness and also this deep sense of reverence to her work. And I know that she creates really powerful containers for people to become more of themselves. It's beautiful. So in this episode, we talk a lot about using practice, ritual and connection with other humans to transform. We talk about cultivating an unshakable relationship with yourself, dealing with imposter syndrome. And most importantly, we talk about how to move closer to that inner feeling of being aligned with your purpose by listening to yourself, you know, using that intuition. Um, I recorded this episode with Gaia a few months ago, but she now has an offering out in February that looks absolutely incredible. She is training women to become facilitators themselves, running February to May 2022. So if you're the kind of person who is seeking to hold these kind of circles and create these kind of containers yourself, I'd really recommend checking out Gaia. She has 
so much wisdom to share. Her website will be in the show notes, but for now, I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hi, Gaia. Thank you so much for joining me on my passionate and purposeful little podcast called The Expanding Purpose Podcast. It's really amazing to have you on here today. Thank you, Anna. It's, uh, yeah, it feels like such a pleasure, honour to be here. Very excited for our conversation. Fantastic. Um, so I'm going to introduce you to my audience. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to read out the about section from your website because I really liked it um, from a copywriter perspective. Um, Ooh, great, yeah. So, <laughs> Gaia Harvey-Jackson is a facilitator of women's empowerment, ecstatic dance and authentic connection. Your work mm. is playful deep and courageous. Your mission is to connect humans to their primal nature to live a richer and freer life. And you do this through embodied ritual, cyclical living and creating spaces for people to test their edges, shed their skins and find belonging in those they meet along the way. So that's you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Loved the bit in particular about shedding skins. Because, you know, I was thinking about what I wanted to ask you about in relation to your work on this podcast. Um, You know, why is this kind of, uh, you know, ritual work, embodied work, gathering in circles? It's obviously, you know, having this huge moment um, in our culture and there's so many different people offering different types of spaces. And it's becoming something that more and more people are curious about having access to. But when I think about your work, I do think about purpose very clearly and Mm. your spaces that I've experienced at the Psychedelic Society uh, were definitely instrumental for me at a time in my life when I was trying to shed (laughs) some nasty old skins and create a life that was more purpose oriented and more relevant to who I am. So what I guess I want to ask you at this point is like, when did this begin for you? You know, when did you start to feel the pull towards creating these kind of spaces? And when did you start to see yourself as someone who does this work? Yeah, I feel that the pull happened slowly, actually, over quite a number of years. And I think it was probably catalyzed about six years ago by quite a, yeah, like a tragic breakup that caused me and many others a lot of harm and suffering. And at that time I'd been, I guess, discovering Buddhism and yoga. And I was in such an intense place of grief. I would say it was the first experience of kind of really disorientating grief where it's hard to get out of bed and you just don't really know where your feet are so I think that kind of catalyzed my journey in that I had to do something I had to learn how to cope with my experience to be honest the first thing I did was like bosh a bottle of whiskey and I was like at that time like that's all I know how to cope with these intense emotions that I'm feeling and um I, I had actually previously already before that happened been booked onto a conscious sensuality weekend and at that weekend I learned 
yeah just so much about about emotional release and um and authentic connection and that was like really a gateway for me into feeling like wow I want to be able to bring these tools um and also you know some some of that more uh Buddhist work around you are not your emotions um being with what's there acknowledging what's there not running away from your experience um so my desire to bring this to the world came from my direct experience of like this is my lifeline right now yeah and then from there I was running new moon ceremonies for a while connecting with I was I was really curious about connecting with like what's the wisdom of the land that I'm from um, the British Isles and you know I've always been very curious about um, ritual and other cultures and other religions uh, and I have always felt like wow I wish that I could connect to this more kind of land-based way of um, honoring spirit that felt like it comes from my own heritage so that that's played a really big role uh, for me and also in connecting more with the moon cycles the lunar cycles I think inherently that is connected more with working with women in the way that our cycles our menstrual cycles are connected with the moon you know that's been that connection's been there since like the beginning of humanity you could probably say and I think that I've also had a number of very challenging experiences with women in my past and I someone once said to me that you teach what you really what you most need to learn and um at that point I, I kind of it clocked for me as like oh okay I'm doing this work because I'm healing my own wounds around um jealousy around betrayal around um yeah like bitchiness all of this kind of stuff that I'd accumulated through my teenage years and then to some degree later in my adult life was like right this is why I'm doing this work is to help us to break through and break down these structures that are really damaging to to all of us you know and for a long time I would say that I was kind of resisting working with women specifically I'm someone who likes a lot of things I have a lot of passions and I'm interested in all kinds of people um, and I felt like oh I'm limiting myself if I just work with women and for a long time I think spreading myself very thinly not really feeling like I was really getting anywhere like creating a lot of amazing content for sure a, a big experimental phase but there was a missing piece for me around um being properly rewarded for what I was doing like that financial piece for me I believe is really really important it's like it's integral really to sole purpose work to be sustainable um and and yeah like the more I was tuning in I, I last year went to Guatemala and um Costa Rica for a couple of months and I did a very deep three-week training uh, with my mentor there in Guatemala and that I think that was another catalyst moment of like okay I'm gonna just stop resisting what I'm clearly here to be doing um, and the more that I've just followed what I feel like yeah this is the kind of this is the work I'm supposed to be doing these are the people I'm supposed to be working with the easier it gets it's like in a kind of quite cosmic spooky way where 
um, obstacles will arise and then something will just kind of happen that the obstacles will just be removed and um, I do also a lot of my own kind of ritual around around my work which we can go into a bit more detail if you're curious about that uh, but yeah there's there's something very interesting around resisting something that you know in it and I feel it kind of in my belly I suppose but like well I could it kind of sits deep in your bones. Sometimes you're like, I know I'm supposed to be doing this. Um, and we have all these X, Y, Z reasons why we shouldn't be doing it. And it's an incredible journey to actually surrender into that more. Wow, there's so much that you said there that I really relate to in my own journey to uncover my purpose as a writer and con content creator and whatever it is that I am meant to be doing. Because I still feel like I'm uncovering it and trying to listen to the pull in me and that's why I started this podcast because I made a commitment last year to honoring my sole purpose more through my work as a writer and a freelancer and a brand consultant and I didn't know that it would be possible when I made that decision I kind of even worried that I was completely on the wrong track in life altogether but when I started to make that commitment and listened to, you know, these like subtle internal shifts into my body, into my own desires, then I started to make some more empowered decisions, cutting off certain clients, preserving my energy, focusing on the financial piece, as you say, because I kind of looked around and thought it is really important for me to be resourced right now because I'm spending all this time scrabbling after invoices rather than spending time focused on my creative work, on my passions, on the values and missions that I believe that humanity needs to say, for example, make it through the next 100 years. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I've really focused on the financial piece and just trying to listen, as you say, you know, because when you make that decision and commit and honor what your body is telling you to do, like that intuition, it works, doesn't it? And amazing things start to happen and it all falls into place. And I, you know, I'd been working with the idea of intuition for a while and reading into it and learning about it from other women in particular, because we're so connected to these intuitive feelings. We definitely have a capacity for it, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, even as a freelancer, as a writer, um, honoring those feelings led to rapid advancements rapid influxes of what I needed to get to the next level and so now I'm kind of on this path of trusting it more blindly and one of those pulls was towards creating this podcast because I really wanted to create a space for people to talk about their connection to purpose because it's a personal relationship isn't it it's like mm. this ongoing dance and release and letting go and figuring out how to incorporate it into your life in a way that is functional and works. And luckily, the more you start following this purpose, the more fun your life becomes and also more impactful. So we're very lucky that this path is both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, well, I think one of the main things, you know, there's kind of like several layers to this. And for a lot of people, the first thing is actually just figuring out like what is what is my sole purpose? What am I here to do? And people can spend um, their whole lives, I think, trying to answer that question. And 
I also think it's beautiful to always be in relationship with that question you know it's like it's not a fixed thing how it manifests what it looks like on the outside is probably going to change throughout our lives something that I've really noticed like through my own experience and also through uh, training other women to hold space which is something that I started doing last year is just how much of your shit is brought up when you decide to say yes to yourself I see it as a commitment you know um, it's really like you're committing to yourself and when you start doing that it's fucking terrifying and it, it's fucking terrifying because if you fail at the thing that you want most in the world like that the idea of that is so much more devastating than failing at something that you don't really care about and and to you know put yourself out there and I think particularly if you're working in the realms of um, like spirituality or self-development there's still quite a lot of stigma around that and I think it's becoming more mainstream but there's definitely you know a lot of people who are still feeling like am I going to be judged by my family by my friends you know like what in what you were saying of like what clients do I have to cut off for some people it's actually what relationships do I have to cut off because these people um, these relationships are perhaps undermining this work or not valuing this work and it also brings up so much of like self-doubt and am I good enough am I worthy of this can I really do this who am I to be doing this like it it's amazing how much how much stuff you have to work through in order to get to that diamond yes and, um, you're right you're so right I mean it's not all sunshine and rainbows and having wild creative experiences. It's spending a lot of time in self-doubt and struggling. And I think about the formative years of me going on my own as a writer and just trying to do the thing that I love the most. And a lot of that was <laughs> on the brink of starvation and bent in scarcity mindset and worry and fear and massive imposter syndrome. But I absolutely had to go through all of that. And I'm so glad now because when I meet people who are really wrestling in those early phases, I know that I can say to them, it's so worth it. You just have to keep going. And I guess I can say that to myself where I'm at now that I know that it's going to be worth it to keep going, even though sometimes it really takes you by surprise, doesn't it? Like you can be uh, doing this work for several years and then you meet a corner of yourself that's holding you back and it floor you for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, imposter syndrome is like so common. And I think the thing is um, when you feel it, you think that no one else feels that way, but it is so, so common. And to some degree, I think there is a bit of a fake it till you make it. And I, I see a lot of people who go either one of two ways like one of it is uh which is probably more my approach which is like you're you're probably never going to quite feel ready and you just jump in at the deep end and really a lot of my learning has been through experience and then there are other people who um get all of the qualifications learn everything they're like so overqualified and 
yet they still can't quite get that offering out there. Um, so it's quite interesting to see how, yeah, people tend to be on one of those two paths. Sometimes I feel like I'm both, you know, like I, I have like a lot of experience doing what I'm doing, but I was in-house at an agency the other day and in the morning I just had to use all of the tools that I have to get my mind to that place where I could focus and just wasn't being overwhelmed by anxiety. But experience teaches you how to do that you know like how to breathe how to stay in the moment remind yourself of your past achievements and reassure yourself that it's going to be okay and that's why the spiritual path self-development journaling all of the things you know that one would do when one supports your own growth in this way they come in to every aspect of my life now and have enabled me to grow on this path towards, okay, I want to go for it. You know, I just want to go for gold and find out what's there and just to keep listening to my intuition and keep listening to my desires and do things that my ego is terrified that I can't do. And you, but yeah, see these, these, these tools, these, these, you know, it's having a practice, having something you can fall back on when your nervous system is, freaking out um so i'd love to ask you about the experiences that you've created for people that are intended to be a safe space for transformation and realization you know what what do you think it is what do you witness there happening for people that changes them i guess the how i see the role of of the facilitator is really it's um creating a container and I think that's the word I would use rather than a a safe space because I think it's really up to each individual participant for them to feel safe you know it's like I can't make you feel safe but what I can do is create a container for you to go into your experience go into your um, you know past traumas or meet your edges meet your fears um, touch those places that you're that you've perhaps spent your whole life trying to avoid and and in a way I guess to to just be so kind of chill in that space because people are constantly looking to you to see how you're responding so it's like if you're having a big intense emotional process and I'm freaking out that's not safe you know like that person's gonna freak out and and maybe they've never had someone in their lives before who's just been like, I'm just going to be here for as long as you need to have your experience. And you're doing the work. A lot of my role is witnessing. And that's why I love group work so much, because um, being witnessed is so important for this deep transformation this being seen it's the acknowledgement that you probably and possibly haven't been acknowledging for much of your life around your experience it hasn't been safe for you in the past to express your emotions to really go into those places and so when that can be witnessed by a group it's like you're amplifying that seeing so it's one thing to do it on your own which is also powerful yeah it's another thing to do it one-to-one And then in that group setting, it's just like, particularly, I think, around uh, experiences more related to, say, like guilt and shame 
generally yeah our our past traumas and experiences are, are many layers of many different emotions it's though can be quite complex and often there's a shame around vulnerability and um that shame comes from you know a survival instinct to fit in to be part of the tribe so to be able to fall apart and be you know what i would say maybe broken open in this way and be witnessed and there's like a whole room of people it's like we're here we're not going anywhere we still love you even though you're revealing this very vulnerable aspect of yourself like that's that's the healing. And this is why I also weave so much community work into my, into my sessions and um, will often put people in smaller groups. I've now started making WhatsApp groups for every course or retreat that I run because the, the experience itself, the retreat or the course, or whatever itself, this is usually just a catalyst and the work is so deep and rich that it can't be done. Not all of it can be done in six weeks or a weekend. Um, I'm offering tools and practices that really are designed for you to integrate into your daily life. And the way that we can keep up with that is by staying in connection with other people who are doing this work. Um, I really think that lasting change is so much harder if you don't have that community around you. So, yeah, does that answer your question? <laughs> it answers my question and then some. And I was just thinking about how after I've been to events like yours, like I attended the Awakening the Wild Woman Day event and had this like profound, deeply vulnerable day. Um, be, you know, I would describe it as air quotes, being weird around other women, you know, being playful and eccentric and letting that side of me out, which is a huge edge for me. And it takes me back to being at school and bullying and trauma that I received there which is why it's such a powerful experience, you know, to just be in a room with um, other women who, you know, seem kind and lovely and up for it and just to express and to play with the experience of being a human. Why not? You know, we have to walk around all day, every day, being so stiff and doing things that we are supposed to do and mm. observing all of these conditioned ways of behaviour and so to be in a space where you can just kind of like flop around and feel your emotions <laughs> and be silly, be joyful, be sad, be all of it. It's, it was bizarre the first time I experienced something like that. Uh, I think it is for everyone. And, you know, that's something that I'd love to speak about on this podcast, how these kind of spaces, you know, they might seem outside of someone's culture initially, but I know that at the Psychedelic Society in Homerton, I met people from all walks of life attending events like that. You know, people working really corporate jobs and um, elder people, uh, people of all sorts of different backgrounds. And um, it was really inspiring to realize that, you know, that in London, there's so many people hungry for that kind of connection and that kind mm. of expression and feeling like I'd found a place where I could go and experience that. And for me, um, a benchmark of how I'm doing in my self-development work is how I feel when I walk into a room full of people I don't know. Uh, you know, that like intimidating environment of what will they think of me? And for me, it's like, 
going deeper and deeper into well how do I feel about myself or you know how can I hold myself as I walk into this space so that I'm settled enough in my own self-concept that I can't be rocked by whatever might come up or that and even if I am even if something does happen and I feel upset I know that I'm gonna have my own back and not just like fold into whatever I might be feeling so you know I think a lot of people experience this fear of other people right you know we live in this world that is unpredictable um, and we've all so many of us have experienced trauma and horrific events and that can linger with us and limit what we are comfortable with doing in this world but if someone has had a journey where they feel a bit more resourced and there's more that can be explored right you know new spaces new experiences yeah absolutely it's cultivating this unshakable relationship with yourself and as you said it's um knowing that actually you know what people are judging you all the fucking time you know when it's like oh no judgment no judgment that's bullshit we're judging each other all the time but what matters is like are you judging yourself and can you be okay with yourself you know can you stand by yourself by your decisions um and forgive yourself and have compassion when you fuck up which we all do yeah, wow, I'm, I'm missing the Psychedelic Society space in Homerton. That was such a magical place. And there was something that I think particularly for London, which is so anonymous and um, hostile in a lot of ways. You know, this space was kind of like a living room. I think that's how, that's how we sort of designed it, was to feel like you're just in a living room with some friends you haven't yet met. and um, Everything from, you know, the way we had like sofas and sitting on the floor and making it quite informal. And um, and yeah, definitely for me, this like shadow work and deep healing work doesn't have to be so serious. I think it actually is more effective when there's lightness and humor and play and fun brought in. Um, like, and that's also part of my style, you know, everyone. And that's what's really great, I think, about discovering what's your sole purpose what's your work work about because it's also discovering what's your flavor you know maybe you make ice cream and it's like what's your flavor of ice cream or maybe actually you're like a pizza person and like what's your flavor of pizza and so yeah the more you deepen into the area of work that you are being drawn to is also finding what's your unique expression in that which is a very creative process and I believe is relevant to kind of any area of work, any industry of work that you're in. There's like, a, what can you bring that nobody else brings because of your particular life experience and way of knowing the world? I think that this idea of each of us having our own unique frequency that is desperate for expression feels to me very real and it's definitely guiding me at this moment in time to become and develop and enjoy my life and I think that you know because when we are searching for our way to contribute or our, our way to heal it can feel very overwhelming you know when you feel uh, unguided or when you feel overwhelmed 
and it can you feel like I don't know where to start you know we're a human being in this messed up world how where do you even begin um but I find very reassuring about perceiving purpose and self-expression through this path is that genuinely it's like you just have to start nourishing yourself sorting out your own relationship with yourself and then your passions and natural capabilities start to shine as a result of that and then you can figure out where your sweet spot is like where your genius is and we all have it and as you say any job can be done with this sense of purpose and a light shining through and you know some of my favorite examples of people who I would say are living their purpose are you know doing jobs that we might not necessarily think of as purpose driven but the way they choose to go about it shines this light of community and hope and inspiration some people are just legends you know not not everyone has to be building a massive business empire or um do it you know it's not all about doing it in any which way but I do love to see people just in touch with that part of themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think you touched on something really beautiful. It's like, actually, if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you like, how can you know what you're supposed to be offering? You know, if you've lived your whole life in this, um, trying to meet other people's expectations, whether that's like school expectations or your parents or family's expectations of you, if you're always doing things because you think this is what you're supposed to be doing you'll probably achieve all of those things and you'll still be left with this sense of like is this really what I want like surely there's something more than this um and yeah if you're not doing that work to look inside and actually be with yourself like I think that's where really knowing yourself um is gathered is is, is in the quiet moments actually and is in those challenging moments and if you can learn to sit with yourself through the challenging experiences like that's there's just such a service there's just so much service to yourself and then therefore to the world in being able to develop that real deep relationship with yourself and yeah and as you say I think the more you do that what is what is your sole purpose will kind of come naturally it's like that's the bit that needs tending to first is the soul, is the essence of you, for that to shine, you know, like, whether that's, you know, you like surfing, or you like being in the garden, or like, what is the thing that brings you into presence, where you just feel a sense of expandedness, and joy, and in a way, I think, with some of these, yeah, some of these things, it's almost like you, you lose your sense of self, because you're so immersed in what you're doing, and what you your what you end up offering the world might not be in any way related to your passions or your hobbies, but it's like that's the work you need to do to really find your essence and yourself. I totally agree. I used to feel really indulgent about my hobbies and especially about self care, um, and felt like oh, I'm just avoiding things. And actually now my hobbies are one of the most important ways that I discover who I am and grow because they're for you right you know they're they're like 
additions to your soul and who you are you know you're like creating little annexes and yeah like this is part of my identity now and this is part of my habits and my skills um and you can really develop your creativity in so many different ways by exploring different means of self-expression and challenge your identity you know if you're blocked in a certain area I'm going to have to challenge my drawing thing soon because I'm really blocked when it comes to drawing. You know, it's like, why do I cling on to this notion of myself and this identity and the stories that are in there? So I think hobbies are a powerful way to connect with soul purpose. And it feels counterintuitive at first because you think, I want to help the world. How is me learning how to roller skate going to facilitate that? But we need to live joyfully to discover what it is that we're trying to save you know, like a, a creative, free life. We need to live it. And then, you know, we can like use that energy within ourselves and try and share it out and create it and help others come in on mm. it. Yeah, I, I really believe how you do something is more important than what you do. And I, I try my best to practice this where, you know, I won't, I won't write my social media posts if I'm not feeling it, like if I'm feeling disconnected from myself, I'm not going to actually be able to create anything of any value for somebody else. Or, and sometimes it can be really frustrating because I'm like, I really need to get this event up. I need to, you know, write the copy or do this and this. And sometimes I go through extended periods of feeling um, resistant or disconnected, but I really just trust. I'm like, whenever I try and write or do something from a place of disconnection and resistance, the quality of the work is pretty crap to be honest and it's like I just have to be patient and yeah like come back to these practices that help me feel nourished and full and whenever I'm offering something that's coming from a place of real resource and I'm feeling like 100% or maybe not 100 let's say 95 because you know can we ever be 100 but I'm like feeling like okay yes this is really now coming from a place of um, I feel so excited to bring this to the world like that's the time which isn't to say there won't be fear there you know, if it's something you really care about and you really want to do, it's likely there's going to be a lot of fear there. Um, and I think that's actually an important part of the journey is that's for me, the courage piece is like being OK with failure, taking risks, um, experimenting, something might not turn out the way you want it to. It, you might fail, but like, can you be okay with that? Can you keep going anyway? In my own experience, those have always been the most rewarding moments when, when I've tuned in and gone, what's the thing I actually most want? Like, if there weren't any limits to be doing the thing I most want to be doing, what would it be? And, and then to actually make that happen is like few things more rewarding than that in the world. I think learning the difference between should and want has been really important because there's so many established ways of doing things that we're carrying around in our minds that are really limiting us and holding us back from doing things in a purposeful and beneficial manner for others you know I think for example I was in Argos recently and a fire alarm went off and someone next to me had a PTSD moment and fell to the floor and in my head, I was thinking, oh, I should just let the Argos staff handle this. And even though I'm not sure that they understood what she was experiencing and I knew what it was, 
And in the end, I kind of, you know, the new programming kicked in and was like, no, you know what PTSD is, you know what's happened, go and get her a bottle of water and go and get involved. Um, but I think, I wonder if me a few years ago would have felt this sense of should, no, I should just melt into the background. I should let the people with a name badge on deal with it. But in the end, you know, I was able to trust myself and lean into that situation. And I think in regards to purpose and living in the present as an embodied, useful and enlivened human being, if we spend too much of our time doing what we should be doing, then all the desire and passion and creativity kind of gets pummeled out of you. I totally agree. And I would, I mean, even quite recently, actually, I was in the process of designing a new online course and I got to the point where I put it up and I was like, the whole time I was like, this, something doesn't feel right. What, what's going on? And when I dug in, I was like, oh, I'm feeling like I should be creating new content and I should be doing an online thing. And when I really felt in, I was like, I don't want to do this. What I actually want is to run a week long thing in person. That's what I actually want to do. So I was like, okay, great. Well, I'm just going to cancel that thing and put up this week thing. And, and I did that and it was like, oh yeah, okay. That feels right. But even, yeah, like, so even when you're with, within purpose, sometimes you can still get caught in these accidental should places and people are like, I don't know. I, I just feel like people feel that, or at least from my experience, those offerings tend to not be as well attended or like doesn't have the same magnetism. People feel when you're, when you're really in it, there is a magnetism to that. Yeah. And people deserve it. Don't they? You know, they, they deserve to experience this thing being offered with this sense of passion and vitality and excitement. You know, that I always say, to my clients like how important their excitement is when I'm helping them figure out their brand and that's basically the only kind of brand consulting I'm really interested in doing is like you know what is real at the heart of it like what's exciting you why did you start this company uh, why 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 is this worthy of anyone's attention like can what can you get excited about mm. um, but I'm and you deserve to feel excited you deserve to be doing something that you feel really alive about it's constant calibration though, isn't it? I, I mean, I'm thinking right now of lots of ways in my business that I'm currently doing more shoulds than this excited sense of desire. But that's the thing, you get to keep calibrating it. So what I'd love to ask you about now is what do you think the obstacles are that people are facing that are keeping them you know, in the life of should and not doing the thing that lights them up and moving towards that sense of purpose because it really motivates me when I speak to people who you know, are doing a job that they hate, they're living somewhere that they're not that fussed about, they had a hobby when they were a kid, they talk about longingly and they miss it and they have desires right now that they feel like are not for them and I really, want to help that kind of person feel braver and bolder and I know that that's what your work is about and um, you know we both are that person and have been that person in different ways at different times so what do you think holds people back from going for it? Wow yeah so many things um, 
I guess one of them I already mentioned was around actually daring to have the dream, the fear of even allowing yourself to entertain this longing for what you want to be doing because of the risk of failure and the devastation of that. That's a huge one. Um, obviously, there are more practical things around money, um, particularly if you have quite a lot of financial commitments or a family that you are supporting to take a leap to leave a secure job, even if you don't like it, but to, you know, to take that risk to do something perhaps a bit more independent or following your passion. Um, you know, that's a real concern. Like the financial piece is definitely a barrier and we don't really have a good system um, in place to be able to support people to follow their passions. You know, something like universal basic income or something along that those kinds of lines where people's living um, expenses could be met would, I think, allow so much more creativity um, and expansion in our society. And if that money piece isn't there, you get in it. And I know it because I felt it, but there's such a fear, fear, scarcity place. And it's really hard to access your authentic creative self um, when you're in that place of fear. Like fear is a survival uh, emotion, a survival feeling. And in a sense, it's like everything else is put on the back burner when you're in fear mode like you just need to do what you need to do to survive um regardless of how real or not that fear is in in terms of um perhaps the external circumstances but it's like the internal feeling of it is real right a moment when I was feeling that fear and it was stopping me earlier this year obviously we've just been through the most dismal energetic time for so many people. And I was really struggling with scarcity in my business, but I was also feeling that a new offering wanted to come through, but I was so seized up and that my throat was constricted all the time. And I'd be like working constantly in my office trying to figure it out because I felt like I just needed to get some money to make sure that we'd be able to eat. You know, obviously survival is important when you're a human being in a body with constant needs and bills to pay. So, but the way I got out of it, it took like mental effort, but I had to just force myself to get back to meditating, you know, because I was so scattered and afraid that every, I, I felt like I didn't have time for things like that. And, yeah. but it was, it was coming back and just trying to breathe and calm my nervous system down and just be like, come on, like, let's just get in the moment and think. And that's when the new ideas come in that take you out of the little cycle you've been going around before. Um, I reached out to this LinkedIn coach and she took me under her wing and introduced me to her network and had this like amazing experience of finding a completely new way to connect with clients. But I felt like I needed to go through this complete, fear vortex to come out the other side and learn how to do that you know so I guess it's having that time isn't it as you say the stillness and coming back to yourself that can help you escape that particular obstacle but yeah when you're in it it feels like reality is impossible you know creating I think a bridge like a transition point maybe don't just quit your job 
and try and launch yourself into something you've got absolutely no experience in maybe that's what you need but if you don't have that financial buffer are you going to be creating unnecessary stress for yourself I've worked for years doing bar jobs agency work um, admin roles kind of supporting the work that I'm now doing full-time because I had to and like there can yeah yeah I think like creating that transition period where you are gaining experience you're gaining skills you're learning um I think another barrier is around self-worth and one of the things that helps you build self-worth is gathering evidence that you're offering is like fucking shit hot and people want it and that also takes a, a phase of experimenting and testing and realizing oh maybe some maybe this idea that I had that I thought was great people don't really seem to want that okay hmm why is that come back to the drawing board what else can I create and and yeah like doing what we need to do to you know you were just um I think sharing before we before we started this around um some agency work that you've now taken because you're like I need to give myself some space this is what I need to do to feel secure so yeah and as you as you know as we've been talking about feeling secure and relaxed and grounded and centered taking that time to meditate that's when your soul essence can shine through and that's where you can connect that's where the work comes from so yeah I love that feeling so much when you just feel like I know I'm giving myself what I need I've eaten healthy food recently I've drunk water I'm just gonna sleep well tonight and I'm making time for who I am and looking after myself and you know just it feels very regal the energy of that and like settling into it more and more and coming back to it again and again it changes things big time you know it changes how you look at your life how you conduct yourself and how you perceive your own abilities uh, and I, I just want everyone to feel that at some point you know in their lives and as you say the barriers that are there they are blocking you from that feeling and they're very real barriers and they're faced by pretty much everyone in different degrees and in different ways but I guess there are tools there to use. Everyone's got their own route as well. You know, it's like a personalized adventure. Mm. I think something that's amazing that we've got now is that particularly with the way that we can access information, the way in which we can access information means that there we can like very easily actually find role models. I think it's quite hard to imagine yourself in a position, in a role that you want if you don't have those role models. Um, which is why, you know, I think like the journey of feminism like it is and has taken a long time because there maybe haven't been these female roles in certain positions that other women can look to and be like, oh, I hadn't even crossed my mind that I could do this job. And like, obviously we've been on an amazing, like what, 70 year journey or something and the work still isn't done, but we're now much more able to come across uh, people who perhaps we see are like us and I think that is really important actually having role models people who you aspire to people who you resonate with who you see something of yourself in and can say like wow I would love to be where they are in like five years in 20 years in 50 years whatever and um, I think that the role of mentors is really important I got coaching for the first time last year and that was extraordinary to have one-to-one -one support with someone who 
whenever I was in the process of birthing the three month training, which was a big leap for me in my career. And to have someone who was able to hold that space for me to go through my own journey of like, oh my God, am I ready for this? Am I good enough? Is anyone going to come? Like, you know, all of, I think whenever we make a big leap professionally, we still come up against all those those fears and those hurdles. And I think it's really important for people to hear this, like particularly people who are perhaps at the beginning phases of the journey to know that I think really if you're if you're pushing yourself, if you're if you keep following, you know, the pull and 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 you know, as we've been calling it, that sole purpose, if you keep following that, you're going to encounter these hurdles again and again. And it, and it does get easier, but yeah, to know that actually I think the marker of successful people is people who just go into that fear and people who can just acknowledge that actually we can't do everything by ourselves, that there are people who can do the job better than us. We don't have to do everything alone. We do need help. I am such a fan of trying to do everything on my own sometimes. And then every now and then I meet someone and work with them and just surrender and then it, it, it definitely accelerates the process and we need support you know we need someone to celebrate our wins and occasionally call out our blind spots with mm. love and perception I work with a business coach at the moment called Julian Harris who I'm skill swapping with such a great guy who I met through LinkedIn and it's weird because we've only ever met over zoom but he's so perceptive and can point out things in such an insightful and compassionate way that I have probably two epiphanies in a session that are actionable I have two on the list that I need to go and action because I spoke to him today actually <laughs> um, but yeah so I think, I think I totally agree that people should understand that you know you don't have to do this journey alone you can find a coach you can connect with other people who are passionate about the same things you are and thanks to the internet we have ways to do that now that are as simple as typing a few words and hitting enter on occasion <laughs> but you have to do it you have like uh, you have to um you know let yourself be curious and go and explore <sighs> well Gaia I think that is a good place to end things but I really enjoyed this conversation with you and um, before we go, actually, uh, you have been on Dartmoor for a week quite recently, hosting one of your retreats, and I would love to hear a bit about that. Mm, yeah. Um, so I run a retreat with another incredible facilitator called Alana Bloom. Uh, it's called Awakening the Wild Woman. And it is essentially a rewilding of the self. So unlearning these conditioned behaviors and how we think we should be and creating space for the fullness of ourselves to come through um, through a variety of practices from uh, ecstatic dance to grief ceremonies to pleasure rituals to nature connection um, yeah like a whole myriad of ways to find different ways to connect to ourselves and to each other um, so that one we run as a, as a weekend retreat and hopefully we'll do another one of those later in the year 
Um, and also coming up in July, we're going to be back on Dartmoor for a week running the Archetype Initiation, which is um, it is cycling through five major feminine archetypes to, yeah, I guess, again, to like just really get to know yourself a lot more and to empower you with tools to be your biggest best fullest everything self um, and you can read about both of those offerings on my website um, and yeah the well the final thing is I'm going to be running the training again which is facilitation training for women which is going to be four months starting in September um, and that's an online learning journey which is a lot of theory and also a lot of practice so you have your own you, in the second month you start your own circle that you practice with throughout the rest of the time and you're also in smaller pods um, so you have kind of a peer-to-peer -peer learning support experience alongside and uh, yeah it's really it's really exciting I'm starting to see now the fruits of the last year's cohort starting to pop up we're actually having a call in a couple of weeks to see how people are getting on um yeah so all of these offerings you can find on my website and um thank you so much Anna it's been such a pleasure I'm so fascinated by these retreats that you've got on this year and I um, think I'm going to be coming to spend some time on Dartmoor with you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been really amazing to hear about how you got into this work and your challenges and the kind of space that you create for others. So thanks a lot, Gaia. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Right, I hope you enjoyed that episode with me and Gaia talking all about purpose and all of the ways that we try and guide ourselves to just be who we really are deep down on the inside. It's quite difficult sometimes, but it is worth it, don't you think? So whether you believe we have an inner sense of soul purpose or not, I hope you got something out of that episode please do let me know um, and on any of the platforms that you feel to reach me on. My name is Anna Herber. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Finding Clients, or you can find me on my website. Give me a shout. Let me know what you think. And, um, you know, stay tuned because I've got loads more people to interview over the next few months. And what unites them all is that they are all incredibly passionate about what they're doing and you see it in the light that shines from their eyes and the way they speak about what they're bringing into the world and I don't know about you but I just find that really magnetic and inspiring and reassuring to be around like oh my god thank god some people are on it in the meantime while we all figure it out just sending loads of support for your personal mission and also don't forget to relax because that's important too yeah Thanks for listening and see you next time.